This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello, good evening, and welcome to Green and White, the weekly Argyle Life podcast. We speak to you for the first time with Argyle having won, not just one, two games away from home. Two. And a clean sheet to boot. (laughs) Madness. Sheer madness. And you can all wake up now, and it was just a wonderful dream, and it all was, no, it wasn't real. Unbelievable. You know, Sunderland to turn them over 2-1, fantastic effort. Swindon, well, they were about one of the worst teams I've seen um, when sporting Argyle. They're not the worst, no many of the worst, but I mean, they definitely were among the worst. With us tonight to discuss all that, Sheffield United and God, so much else. Uh, we've got Finn. Hello. And we've got Sam. Hello. And now I, we want to talk about Argyle, but I just want to very quickly tick off. Sam, where does that Swindon side in terms of all the teams that we've played basically since what? Since we got relegated to League Two? Yeah. Which sides have looked worse that you can think of? It's really not many. I think, I don't know if we're factoring in relative to League, because I think some League Two teams probably have been worse in terms of the sheer technical quality on the show. But I'm not no, so I'm just sure. talking. I'm just talking, mm. if they played each other, that team versus, you know, those two performances, who would win sort of thing? On that level, there are worse because there are some awful League Two teams. But I'm thinking maybe um, Morecambe in the 5-0 in the, in the 2013-14 season would be right down there with them. Mm. Um, I'm thinking um, Macclesfield in the last game pre the season being abandoned, the 3-0, 3-0 victory over them. They were absolutely shocking. Um, oh, I'm thinking they did, have, they did have a couple of chances. They, <laughs> they, 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 off the line. they had they had one fluky chance that weren't, that weren't cleared off the line. That was about the only time they got it in our box the whole rest of the game. But that was that was just a, a, a one off moment really. But and Swindon had one good chance last night in the first twenty seconds. But yeah, anyway, let's let's not veer too far off the point. I think in League One, the the only team I can recall being as bad as Swindon were was actually. Uh, Rochdale, when we beat them 5-1 in our relegation season. They oh, were yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. How did you get relegated, like, instead oh, of let's not let's not dredge that up, because uh, that just makes me sad. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not talk about that season, we'll be here all night. But yeah, that, yeah. They, they were, they were <laughs> but, but I, I remember that game, right? 
worst defensive display I think I've seen. So they were just handing us chances. I remember when Ladapo went through and um, Ebanks Landell got sent off. What was the defender doing? What was he doing? He just gave Ladapo the ball. He's like, right, I'm pulling you straight down as last man. Unbelievable. Yeah. yeah. But, so there, there are teams down, but I think Swindon are down there with sort of um, among the worst, definitely. There are a lot of shockers, probably annoyingly a lot I'll remember when we're off recording and it's too late for me to say them, but there are, <laughs> there are a lot of real stinkers like, like some of those I've mentioned. And I definitely think that, that Swindon are right down the river. They had nothing about them. They had that moment in the first uh, 20 seconds. They had quite a good individual effort. I wouldn't call it a good chance. It was about 25 yards out, but they had a good individual effort, a shot in the second half that forced Cooper Which was deflected, the don't forget. Well, was it the fact I, I haven't seen the yeah, replay? I'll bad to make sure on yeah. that. So, so, okay, that was a bit of luck anyway with deflection. So, really, if you're taking that out of the equation, it was just that first 20 seconds where they got in and, and Cooper did well to smother the ball. But apart from that, they showed absolutely nothing. I lost count of the amount of times they just passed the ball out of play under seemingly no pressure. I think that happened probably a good play. Nine, or ten, nine or ten times, wasn't it? All think, there was a player who play. dragged it back, or literally was on the, the side of the pitch, and did a drag back and just dragged it back out of play. It was just... Oh, did you, I don't know if you remember, Nick. You probably do. You've got a great memory for stuff like this. Dominic Blizzard famously did exactly that at Fratton Park. In our, <laughs> um, but remember, in our play, yeah, he lost to them. Yeah, he tried to do a bit Boy, of... Yeah, lost. The, the, the thing like, I yeah. remember about Dominic Blizzard is that goal against Luton Town. But, hey. Yeah, yeah oh, that's probably a happier memory. Like Messi-esque. Yeah. Yeah, but, it was a great goal. And, and on top of it, Swindon's Crossing, where genuinely... Like if it, I think there was a period in the first half where four or five crosses in a row went about forty yards in the air. It was like a goal kick, putting it in the box. The professional. I mean, John Sheridan's obviously manager, and he is clearly not based on that performance, not doing a good job. Based on their league standing, not doing a fantastic job. Considering you know it's a promoted side, shouldn't be doing this bad, having won the title. But. As a professional footballer, come on, you've got to cross the ball better than that and not just like pass out of play and miss control all over the place. We um, dispossessed their last defender about three or four times, thinking nothing came for each time. And like they're not like I know I know like a couple of these results like uh, have come when like um I think it was Noel Hunt was was um is that his name? Um the yeah, caretaker, wasn't he? Yeah, caretaker. Sorry, yeah. Um, so when he was caretaker, they beat Hull. Um, and I know, I know it's a different manager, but the players, like they got the same players. They've drawn twice with Chelton this season, like you know. And they weren't they doing can't... bad on the Wellens, is what they're doing now either. Joel Grant on the bench, not even on the bench. Sorry, he didn't make the bench. No, we know he's a decent player. I think he got a knock, but yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyhow, probably enough on Swindon. <laughs> Welcome to uh, Swindon and White. Um, so, so right, let's go on then, uh, Finn. Talk, talk us through. Talk, talk us through the week, really, because obviously Sunderland through Sheffield United and ending at Swindon. Yeah, I mean, really, it's like as good as you could have hoped for. I don't think any. I think well, obviously we could have beaten Sheffield United, but I think that was a big ask, and I really thought that we put some them under some um, some good pressure and. Uh, Currently, as we're speaking, they're beating Manchester United, so they can't be that bad. And we put up a good um, performance against them. Sunderland, just great to get that first win. And at Sunderland as well, it's always nice because their fans go into meltdown. Um, so, or seem to anyway, every time they lose. Um, so, yeah, that was that was nice. Um, and just to get the monkey off the back, you know, just saying, it's great. Um, um, yeah, Swindon, obviously... 
they were poor, but we had to go there and do, do a professional job, and we did, and we got the win. Um, so, yeah, very happy, really. Um, and and some really good standout performance in there, performers in there, particularly uh, Jerome Pocky's had um, a, good, a good few last games. Panichi Kamara, um, Luke Jeffcott um, recently hasn't been um, in quite the blistering form as he has um, all season, but I think um, that can be excused. Um, at the moment, um, and some people are stepping up with some more goals, and yeah, it's, it's good. It's good to see. Yeah, I want to add um, Danny Mayer as well. Really, last month or so, turned it up a notch or two from his form before his red card. I think he came back after that red card and the enforced um, absence. He came back in really with a point to prove. He's had some excellent games. Um, the best one, I think, was definitely yesterday. He really was absolutely in the centre of everything. He uh, assisted the assist uh, for the first goal. And he, I don't think he had any involvement in the second, but he was very much involved in high pressing all night, winning the ball back, moving on. It was really moving us at the pitch. Did it, wasn't it? He, 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 he was the one who flicked it on the edge of the box. Yeah, yeah it, was a, it was a very good touch to convert that from an under pressure. I couldn't uh, remember. Position. Yeah, I couldn't remember. Whether it was or away. Away. It's a small thing. Yeah. I'm not saying he was at the heart of the goal, but he did have a role. Yeah. You can well, easily he, get that wrong. Even, even you can get easily wrong, get that wrong yeah. and swind and get the ball back and then you're back under pressure and the counter's killed, you know? Absolutely. And, and that was, again, two more games yesterday. We seem to say this every week where Mayor assists the assister. He did it again for both the goals last night. He assisted. It was him who put that nice nice ball through to, to Grant for the cross for, um, for Camera's opening goal. And it was him who, like you say, got the ball through to Camera, who then kind of accidentally assisted it, if you like, for Hardy for the second goal. But taking aside the goal involved, he was very, very good. Seemed to cover every blade of grass on the pitch. I think the last month or so, I mean, the general consensus on Danny Mayer is that uh, he's been good for us, but not quite, you know, blisteringly good enough to justify the outstanding hype he's had. And um, I think one contributor to the Argyle Life chat called him the Joe Root of Plymouth Argyle in that he's very much, uh, one of, you know, the, the one of the most, if not the most talented, um, if you're a cricket fan, I hope you enjoy that analogy, but one of, if not the most talented, but off, just too often goes missing when he should be, you know, standing tall and just too often yeah, no. doesn't produce the form he's capable of. And Joe Root came into form this week and Danny Mayer came into form this week as well. Absolutely fantastic uh, from the both of them. And yeah, long may it continue with Mayer finally showing the form he was signed for. And we talked a lot about Danny Mayer, but um, one thing that is undoubtedly like he is so crucial to the way that team the team plays. I mean, we are so heavily left hand side concentrated that if he's not on that left hand side to link up with somebody, then um, we don't seem to create many chances. Um, so, so yeah, he's a vital cog in the team, and um, yeah, I was gutted mm. to see that goal being given offside because. Um, that would have been great. <laughs> that was that was a really good pass by Ben Reeves to put him in as well. And I'm I'm a a, a, a big Ben Reeves fan. I mean, still, I want I want more from him as 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 that player. I I want him to one goal a season is not good enough. Yeah. I mean, think about how many chance. I know he creates chances. I know he um, drives play for us. And, you know, you know me that I fully recognise that and how important that is. But at the same time he's got to be scoring more. Think about where we'd be league-wise. Think about how comfortably, for example, would be top of the table last season. Had Mayer just been able to, what, score one, two, three, four? I don't feel like five goals is too much of an ask. No. 
for him. Someone, you know? For someone of that talent, you know. Exactly. We know he can do it. We, we know he's not the most consistent finisher, but given how much territory we have, given how much field position, given how many times mm. he gets the ball in the edge of the area, it almost sometimes looks like he doesn't want to score, you know. There was a moment last night where he had... He's running at the defence. They're backing off. And it was touch, 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 touch. He just kept going. Loves to have the ball at his feet. And then, the, you know, I think he eventually gets dispossessed. And, you know, and that was, you know, that was that. I think we might have won about it. But the point is, you know, he didn't, at no point did he think, right, you know, I'm going to have a pop here. Just too, too willing to not shoot is just draining me. But I don't want him to always be thinking about shooting because then, all these, you know, passing moves that come down the left is going to break down because he's cutting inside and having his block shot. But I do want him to focus a little bit more on it, you know. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, adding adding goals to his game would really, you know, top off the improvement because I think the last last month or last month and a half there's been a big uptick in the sense that you finally think now, based purely on general play and chances created, he's absolutely, you know, justifying the hype he was signed for. But even in that time frame, in terms of goals, he's still not quite justifying the the hype he was signed for. So if he can keep up the standard of play that we've seen in January and late December and maybe add a goal or two to that over the coming month or so, that would be absolutely critical. Um, Because, and again, we might touch on this later on. We've got a very tough month coming up, by the way, playing Pompey, Lincoln, Peterborough, who are all in the top six. Uh, Accrington twice, twice, who are not quite in the top six, but certainly will be if they win anything like the majority of their games in hand. So, that's They've not won the majority really of their games in hand. Games. Like one or two, isn't it? Even if They've they win got one four or games yeah. in hand, haven't they? Yeah, you're probably right. I haven't checked it exactly, but but it, uh, put it this way: on points per game, they're certainly in the top six. About, about. so, Accrington twice, Lincoln, Peterborough, and Pompey five very very difficult games, and the other two, Fleetwood and Rochdale. Fleetwood are on iffy form, but we know what a good side they can be. Rochdale are a funny side. You never know where you, where you stand with them. They get they have a lot of very high scoring games. They have a lot of games that are absolutely battered, but they also have a lot of games where they batter teams like we saw um, earlier in the season. So they're they're an odd side to play. You, you never know what Rochdale you're going to get. So that is seven very tough games coming up. And then once we get through them, we are looking at a quite nicer March, April and May. But that is a very, very tough set of games to get through, uh, first of all. It's true. Um, go, going back to what we were saying about Mayer, I think the perfect example of what he should be doing more is just look at what Camera's done. Camera hasn't changed that much. What he's done is he's um he's added some intelligent runs into the box we hadn't seen before. Yeah. And then he's worked on his finishing. And think of, if you go back and watch early season camera and how he you know, how how many of his chances hit the target. It was such a low percentage, I remember, um, in the first what, three two, three months of his career at Argyle, and then all of a sudden that level of composed finishing that he's just developed, I imagine, just working on the training ground. It's about positioning himself, understanding where the ball's gonna come, timing the run, and then Finishing when he gets there, and that finish against uh, Swindon, fantastic. On the turn, you know, back to goal. It's not easy to hit that on the turn in the opposite corner. Left foot, brilliant. Well, yeah, I agree. I, I, I'm getting increasingly more excited about Panitia Kemara, and every passing week, I just think like now, now he seems to have added that 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 you know um, that that finishing element to his game. Okay, he missed a golden chance against um, Sheffield United. Oh god, that was goal of the season. Yeah. But apart from that, just getting into those positions, you know, I, I really think that the guy, the guy, has got all the attributes to to become a really top player if he carries on at this rate, particularly as well. The only Argyle player who was happy with that miss was Connor Grant, who thought, "Thank God, I've still got goal of the season." <laughs> <laughs> 
I think Ben Ben Reeves would possibly contend that, but uh, yeah, yeah, between those two for sure. And just about uh, Conor Grant as well. He's now, I think I saw yesterday. He's now the top, um, second um, joint second, joint second uh, assist maker in, uh, in 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 League One. So yeah, seven in League One and Bernie in the cup. One in the League Cup. QPR. One in the League Cup. QPR was not not any in the in the FA Cup run or in the. Um, Rest uh, no, there? because the Newbley got, got it for, uh, for Reeves. Did he not get one of the Huddersfield ones? No, no. Mayer got the camera one. No, Mayer got the um, Edwards one. Edwards one. Mayer got the camera one, and Jeff got got the Hardy one. And then, oh wait, did he get one for? Did he get the assist for camera? I no, no, that was in. Yeah, that was more. Yeah, it was more. more, yeah. It was more. So, yeah, no, none in the FA Cup. And he barely played in the checker trade, did he? So, yeah, it would have been, um, yeah, so eight eight assists uh, in all competitions and three goals. Brilliant. 11 goal involvements in only probably about, a, well, I suppose slightly more than half the season, including the Cup games, but 11 goal involvements yeah. with a long way to go to the end of the season. If he can hit, you know, you pretty much would hope that in barring a barring an injury, he will hit 15, could maybe even creep up, you know, 17, 18. That's a fantastic return. For a player who a lot of people expected, not me, a lot of people expected to be, you know, back up for this season. He, he, and he had finally, I think Nick Nick said last season, you know, you could always see the potential in him, but you were waiting for Conor Grant to come good. It may have been worth the wait, but Conor Grant has absolutely well and truly come good in a in a very big way, hasn't he? In mid in central midfield, yes, but even more so since being moved to wing back. I actually think, you know, I actually think he was better in centre. I'm not saying he's not good at left wing, but I think I've heard him in centre mid. I'd say if George really? Cooper was left, if Cooper was at left wing back and on form, obviously there's not too much of a question right now because I reckon he'd keep Cooper out of the side right now. Cooper's crossings wasn't good enough, but if Cooper was in left wing back and on form, right, it would mm. be a very tough call over who starts Grant versus Camera. It would, would be. be. Tough I think Mayer still comes in. Because... Yeah. It still revolves too much around Mayer, so I don't think you can drop him. And so I think you'd have these two you know, players competing for the position, each bringing something different. But, but yeah, really happy with Conor Grant. You know, you could, you know, talk about him being potentially underrated, for example, and you could say, um, you know, he's had a great start to the season. Manash has had a great season. And I think you can just talk about him taking that level and feel disappointed. If, if he doesn't hit that level next season, oh. you can turn around and like be disappointed then rather than saying you know Conor Grant's reverted back to it, you'd say no, no, no. Conor Grant had that level last season; he'd drop off. So, do you know what I mean when I say that? Yeah. yeah. Do you know the most pleasing thing for me about Conor Grant is that he seems to have finally hit the level that we all thought he could with his ability. Like he, yeah. he's turned his ability into uh, into pr- production really now, which is really good. He's yeah, carrying the ball so well. Yeah. He's added to it though. That's the thing, you know. Before he mm. was nice with the possession, but he was very, you know, he, you know, he'd get the ball, he'd be like a pillar of salt, very much Luke Sunfield, wouldn't move, pass the ball, you know, and he had a shot potentially on him, he had a cross on him, but lacking so much elsewhere. And, you know, the way he can carry the ball now, so drastically improved, you know, the way he carries the ball, intelligence, understanding of players around it, just so much better. And he's not yeah, even but, yeah. that bad defensively. No, he's not. He's got a few little bits he can work on defensively, but you know, very much so did Cooper. So we're not going to criticise him, you know, too much for that. It's not his not his position he was brought up to play in, but he's going forward as left wing back, certainly been excellent defensively, 
yeah, solid enough. Not perfect, but certainly solid enough. Um, yeah, re- real, real lot of positives. And um, maybe another player who deserves, I think, some positives is Apoku. Um, come back in. Well, obviously, this is the first podcast we've done since it's kind of departed, which feels very much like old news now. But it's oh, you know, yeah. there was a lot of, yeah, a lot of trepidation about how are we going to how are we going to defend? Because Apoku was very much associated with a bad run, and he. You know, I think I think he started brightly. I think Nick disagrees a little, but I think he started brightly and tailed off. I think Nick thinks he maybe wasn't so good at all up until this recent run. But either way, we can definitely agree. Yeah, and centre back. Yeah, either yeah, way, starting centre back. He was dreadful against Wigan. He was good. I think he was quite good against Swindon. I think you disagree with that, don't you? But he, to be anyway. fair, wasn't a start. That was the last game before he got dropped. Was it? No, he came back in because in, in our in that ridiculous spell from Fleetwood to Peterborough, we changed the centre backs about five times, didn't we? Fleet not Fleetwood to Peterborough, Fleetwood to Crew. In that spell from Fleetwood to Crew, we we chopped and changed the centre backs at least three times or four times. But and, uh, okay, yeah, fair enough. Nevertheless, yeah. Uh, so he he wasn't anyhow. We're, we're picking up a straw here. Basically, it's very bad against Wigan. Yeah, he, well, he, he was certainly very bad in in in, in the, a lot of the games in that six game losing run. When he both when he played and when he came off the bench, so that was our most recent memory of him. He got dropped after the six game losing run. He barely came back in. I think one sub cameo was at left wing back against Gillingham, was it? And then not retaining him. Talk about whether we'd even, we'd even retain him yet. Came back into the Huddersfield game and Canavan was on the bench, and we thought, hmm, that's a bit odd. Lowe doesn't change a winning team very often, and you know he doesn't normally rotate for the cup much, either for the FA Cup much either. So I wonder why. Apoku's in, in for Canavan. And then, of course, we, we, we found out Canavan was going. So then that put a lot of pressure on Apoku. We were all quite nervous, weren't we, about how we'd do. And three games against Crew, Sunderland, uh, well, four games, sorry, Crew, Sunderland, Sheffield United and Swindon. And he's done pretty, a couple of little hiccups, but he's done pretty well in all four of them, I would say. Um, really showing well, himself. I, 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 a, think, a I think he's player. improving every game, I think, personally. Mm. I think even yesterday, um, he added... He was he was leading um, more than I'd seen him um, this. Yeah, he's this definitely season. becoming more communicative with every game. Most definitely. Yeah, which is which is what which is what we need. Having said that, there's free. I know we said about free agents and stuff, but I really want us to sign a centre back because the only centre back we've got on the bench is Scott Wooten, and then if we're if he's injured, then we're into apprentices. So, and he's playing backup CDM at the moment. So you know. Yeah, I suppose we've got Sawyer coming back from injury, but I don't know what's happened with that because he was meant to be. He was meant to be that pretty much January, mid January was meant to be oh, the start time. Oh, for him, so. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Has he already had an operation? He, oh, he's, he's long since had the operation. Yeah, but it was about right. phasing him back to fitness, getting him running again, and the general forecast was sort of Christmas, you know, going towards mid January to be fully match fit. But we've heard nothing about him, so I don't know. I don't know. Hopefully, he's not he, he, even saying that. Of any kind, Even saying but, that with Sawyer, um, he he's not a person, not a centre back that you put in the middle of the fence. So, and kind of answer. No, I suppose what I suppose what you'd have. If, I suppose if if um if you had two out of Ameson, Wooten, and Apoku injured, uh, or uh, what you'd have to do is have the other one at right centre back, um, have Watts in the middle, and have. Sawyer as the left centre back, but that's that's a lot of messing about, isn't it? You wouldn't really want to do that. So, mm. but say Ames and the Poku were in, you'd probably have to go what Watton, uh, Watton, <laughs> bloody hell! I'm going, I'm getting me Watts and my Watton. Two straws. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to play Watton, not at his age. <laughs> so it would be it would be Watton, Watt, 
Sawyer in that scenario. I think I'd rather have Ryan Lowe in centre back than Paul Watson right now. <laughs> I, I was half convinced that our goalless run last season. And, um, I, I remember. I remember he thought Ryan Lowe was coming out of retirement. <laughs> oh, he's got the ego for it. Let's be honest. He's got, he's got the arrogance for it. I had a feeling he might register himself as a player, but obviously it would never be. It would have been very funny if he had. But <laughs> apparently not. We're, we're not Wickham during the days when Gareth Ainsworth was always, you know, registered just in case. Even Tisdale yeah, was right. at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, I knew that because he got yeah, a card he on, he got like an ultimate team card on FIFA and he was like the worst <laughs> rated in the game. Yeah. Um, no, Apoki, you're right. I thought he looked like he was leading the centre of defence uh, more than uh, he had appeared to before. I agree, Finn. Um, I love the way he carries it out from the back as well because there's one thing that I think the reason that Wooten started the season in the centre of defence was that Lowe wanted his centre back to be able to carry it out. And while Canavan can pass, he doesn't like to venture forward. He, you know, he'll hit it from the back, um, like quarterback style, rather than carrying it. Yeah. Whereas Wooten, yeah. you go back and watch, for example, the Forest Green preseason, you go back and watch Blackpool. Wooten was coming to receive it and he was taking it forward. And I think that's why he got the nod. It was for bringing it out more. I think that's part of the reason why Lowe likes him. And Poku does it well. We saw that again twice against Huddersfield. Um, we saw that last night as well. You know, if there's space to be exploited there, he, I mean, he carries it forward more than Fauna does. Um, so, yeah, I like that. And then there's still things he needs to, uh, to tweak and work on. And that's the same for all the defenders. So, one of the things I picked up on is um, he needs to, he and Ameson, I think, are the two I want to, I want them to study what. How, the way Canavan blocks shots, the way he reads it, the way he gets into position. Because at the moment, Apoku, when there's a ball around the edge of the area and there's a striker in the middle, he's more focused on mark- marking the striker than blocking the shot. And Canavan showed that that's probably not the right way to go. Yeah, and look, at Jayasimi, look at Jayasimi, the way he got a shot away last yeah. night. That keeper had to tip yeah. over. But, um, it be, to be fair, Apoku does step forward in that. He, he goes past him, but Apoku's positioned quite well then. But yeah. um, there's a better example. Hang on, I didn't know. So, Dan, go on, Finn. What were you going to say? Sorry, but on, on Apoku, I think I'm, I'm becoming a big fan of the way he he's his composure is really good. Um, and unlike Canavan, he doesn't seem to take like he doesn't make me <laughs> yes doesn't make me squirmish when like a, a player goes towards the ball because he releases it before <laughs> before but um yeah he he's, he seems a very confident player and confident in his own ability and and I think that we're we're beginning to see that a lot more now he's getting a regular run in the team he's learning every game um we, we mustn't forget what he's like 21 22 so yeah uh he he's got a lot of time to learn and I think he he's got a big much like most like Kamara, he's got a big ceiling ahead of him. Yeah, and, and um, Kellen Watts, I'd add to that list. Yeah, as well, and, and, and Fauna. And Fauna. Mm. If you say so. <laughs> Sorry. No, no. <laughs> Honestly, Fauna, um, again, he's got, he's got some really good attributes. He's just applying them better. He does it's have understanding some good how to, about him. I've, I've never really been how to apply them. Fauna has good... Actually, no, sorry, I'm going to come back to Fauna in a sec. The example I was going to ha- uh, give was, if you go and watch the that Huddersfield screamer, the second goal, look where Apoku is and what he's doing. He's following the striker and marking him rather than focusing on blocking the shot. It's very hard for that player to slip the ball into the striker. Just that sort of thing. If you go back and watch a few games of Canavan, I'm thinking, uh, you actually had a list of examples at one point, but I can't track them down. But for example, I remember the Shrewsbury home game was a good example. Canavan, I think, ranks 
fourth or probably left ranked fourth or fifth in the league for blocks per game and that's because he is just excellent at getting in position to block it he keeps his eyes on the ball this is something that Ameson needs to work on so go and look at for example that Jayasimi shot look at Ameson's head when he hits Ameson it's like he's in a wall and he's you know, sort of turning his head so it doesn't hit him plumb in the face I think go and watch Marcus Madison's goal uh, against us for Charlton. And look at Ameson as Madison's taking the shot. He's in position, but he takes his eye off the ball because he's sort of turning his body to block it. Now, if he's got his eyes on the ball, he can probably turn around and get a foot on that. Ameson needs to work on that. Something he can do to take his game to the next level. Not the next level, but it's just an area where he can be better. You can't turn your body as the shots come in. You've got to face it down and eye on the ball. Otherwise, you know, it's got to hit you because you're not going to be able to block it. Um, and then the other thing a poker needs to work on is you go and watch that crew game, uh, crew game, go watch the crew goal and look at his marking. He needs to be five, six yards further back. He needs to be slightly deeper than Ameson and Watts when the ball's out wide. Because otherwise, what he ends up with is a foot race to get to the ball. It's a bit like in a set piece, part of the reason it's hard to defend them is because if you get in that foot race, if the player gets a run on you, then he's going to score. That's why you know you have the zonal debate. Should we mark space and attack the ball? But in that, uh, when he's defending that cross there, he needs to be five yards back so we can just step forward and head it away. If he's five yards back, he heads it away under a little pressure, whereas instead he ends up in a foot race that he loses the flick goes in. So there's two areas for a poker to work on is marking sorry yeah was marking from crosses and being a bit deeper and you can look at the Rochdale fourth goal it's another example of that where he needs to be three yards further back and he intercepts a ball that doesn't go across the six yard box and then also the way he blocks the ball same for Ameson on that one two things they can work on on Fauna, sorry, I'll wrap this up now, but on Fauna, he is a player who's got the attributes in terms of he's got the recovery speed, he has got tackling technique, he's good in the air, he's deceptively good in the air, he's won a lot of headers, but his actual understanding of where he needs to be, reading of the game is what needs work. Likewise, we've seen he can pass, we've seen that he can take a player on, but we've also seen that he doesn't necessarily know when to do that, and again, it's a case of learning when mm. and how to do it. And I think that when you know, if he learns that with experience and he applies that to the attributes he has, he's going to be a championship player towards the end of his career. Not not immediately, but you know, think think for like an Isaac Vassell and how lowly we would have rated him and how you know much he's able to turn it around. You can never write a player off. No, I, I think I think I think Fauna, I think Fauna is a talented footballer. Um, I just think it's. I've always said this about Fauna. I'm not a big fan of our single pivot in midfield, and I do think he's hung out to dry sometimes. Um, but that single pivot in midfield requires a lot of understanding of space, you know, when to tackle, uh, when to pass forward. Uh, you know, it, it's a really difficult job. But, um, yeah, I, I think he can get there. It's just, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just think that... I, I mean, I maybe it's because I'm a big fan of Ben Reeves, but after his um, performance against Sheffield United, I would have played Ben Reeves against Swindon, albeit I didn't realise how poor they were before we played them. Yeah, I think you have got to um, take it the merits of Fauna. Yes, I can see that he does have some good points. I'm not going to deny that, but I feel he's so lacking in certain areas that, that um, negates a bit of his good points. Can he do it um, and become a good league one or even championship player. Can he do it? Yes, it's very different to will he do it. I think he very much could be one of those players who just peters out and kind of drops through the divisions, much like Wooten looked like he was going to do before he kind of revived his career a bit with Argyle. I, I think he probably had that sort of vibe about him, but may, maybe I'm um, maybe I'm wrong. But going on to selection now, I think we've got to start thinking about rotation a little bit because we are, we are, we are having a really heavy 
run of games coming up thick and fast. We don't want to risk a situation like, um, I know the example Nick always likes that, that I think is a good one is the first three months of 15, 16 season, um, which was oh, Derek Adams' first season, where we pretty much oh, played the same mad. team. Not pretty just much that, the, the same, same team every it game. It was the same and, subs. Yeah, and, and was... the same subs pretty much. And, and it kind of, I'm not going to say it's there, but it's... Yeah, we brought Daniels, we brought Daniels Hardy Yellow there. and he never played him. <laughs> yeah, but it, it was the first... Yeah, but at least in the second half of that season, there was a bit more variation, if only by force, because so many players were going out of form and were getting injured that we had to. But that first three months, the kind of start of August to kind of end of October, middle of November, it was pretty much the exact same starting eleven and more or less the same subs every game. And whilst I'm not saying we're at that point yet, we're kind of getting perilously near to being at that point so I do think rotation is something we need to start thinking about I would maybe look at Reeves in in some permutation for for the Accrington game um, oh, coming up on Saturday at, I would look at um, possibly um, Ennis for Hardy as well um, yeah I, I kind of I'm kind of low for that one after Hardy had such a genuinely excellent game as he did I think he's a player who maybe we should give a bit more scientific praise to because we're, uh, before the podcast ends, because he's been an absolutely sublime form recently, and he had probably, I'm going to say, his best game in the season yet last night. Um, got a goal and just an absolutely fantastic all-round display. He was an absolute menace to the Swindon defence. So I know I'm saying rotation. Maybe that would suggest you know you should give him a rest, but I think you. It's almost like well, no, I do it. He should be rested at some point. It's hard to do it after that game because he was that. Good, yeah, you know? I get what you're saying. My Ennis suggestion was just that I'm really eager to see him play more than five minutes. Yeah, so 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 am I, and you could even you could even say Ennis for Jeffcott would be, would be a bit of a controversial shout, but um, certainly I, I saw there was a uh, thread on Pastotti and and I had a comment on free chat saying that Hardy and Ennis should be our long term partnership. It's a very bold shout after Jeffcott's got fifteen goals uh, this season. But me, I could similar. maybe see it for a one game. Yeah, I think I think they're too similar as well, but I could see it for a game or two. Give Jeffcott a give Jeffcott a rest because the um the open play goals have dried up for him since his breaks at Boxing Day, which probably hit sort of high watermark. He's only got uh, one open play goal in seven games since then. Two very well converted penalties, but the open play goals have dried up. So not that that's necessarily a bad thing. He's still playing largely pretty well, still linking up, still creating chances for, for other people, still causing himself to be a presence. So maybe, certainly not, I don't agree with his shout that Hardy and Ennis are going to eventually knock Jeffcott out long term. I think that's crazy. I think Jeffcott's the best player, but maybe for a game or two, give Jeffcott a rest. Let's see if he can come back. Fully fresh, fighting fit. Yeah, it has to be the right game if you do that. Yeah, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Um, actually, did our tough side, but there, there aren't many easy games coming up. There aren't, you know, I know they always say there's no easy games in football, but there aren't even many easier games coming up over the next month. Like I said, it's a very tough run. Uh, to back you... up your point, Sam, sure. sorry, just quickly, to mm-hmm. back up your point on rotation. Normally, by now, entering February, 30 mm-hmm. games have been played, roughly. In a season, yeah, and Obviously, the season will be going in twenty-four. So that's an extra six games to fit in, assuming no others get postponed and there's even further backlog. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's, they, they, we are we are in for a grueling, grueling three and a bit months, really, as, as a club. It's like we say, it's uh, twenty. So it's season last game of the season is on eighth of May, unless it gets extended due to obviously all the postponements we've been having. But assuming it does. 8th of May, yeah. All right, okay. And if they so somehow cram it in, that's three and a half months to play 20, uh, 22 games for Argyle, more for other clubs. So that's really looking at, well, 
it's a it's 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 it's, a, it's about seven games a month, isn't it? If you look at it, which is which is a lot. It's like a seven. If you look at it on if you look at it on average, a seven. You know, if you look at it a normal season, you think, oh wow, a seven game month. That's a lot. But it's going to be like that. It's going to be that that volume of fixtures for the next three months, which is going to be tough. And and just to say quickly, like, I, I, and that's another thing for centre back. You know, we've got a few strikers, we've got a few midfielders. Like we've got one centre back, well, two centre backs in from for the middle of defence. Yeah, um, yeah. If obviously if if one of if one or two of them got in, you'd like to say we would be we would be left to a very sort of restricted restricted field, if you like. So they, we we definitely need a centre back. I, but I, I I don't think you know. I think we I think we've got to be patient. I think Lowe definitely Lowe definitely is, is looking for one. I think the fact he tried so hard to sign. Um, I don't, how do you pronounce his name? Don Donation or something like that. Donation, yeah. The fact he tried so hard to sign Donation, you know, clearly he's not going to say, oh, well, you know, we couldn't get Donation, we're not going to sign a centre back. He is. There is still um, five, six more days in the window to go. And when that does come to an end, there is always going to be the free agent market. So we, we are going to sign the centre back between now and the end of the season. I'm pretty sure that is a question of who. I was going to say very quickly, obviously, Argyle's first VAR decision. Absolute shocker! Stonewall penalty. What on earth were they doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what they were thinking. Of. The, on, the only thing I can think, and it is the, o- the only thing I can think, and I'm not saying it justifies it, but the only thing that would kind of make any sense is that he's thinking that ball's going to hit what square in the face. Therefore, that hand isn't in any way changing the direction of the ball. It would have just bounced off him anyway. Only difference is it bounced off his hands instead of his face. That's the only thing I can think that he might have been thinking. But I don't know. I really don't know. It's a shocking decision. Worked out incredibly well in our favour. It's <laughs> you couldn't really see a more blatant hand. Oh, hello, hello, hello! Sheffield United one on one. Oh, slide it over the bar. I think that's the <laughs> yeah. I was offside anyway. It's been flagged. It's been flagged. Um, yeah, I was offside anyway. Hello. There you go. That's a new buzzer. <laughs> okay, let's wrap up then. Okay, right. So predictions. Predictions for. Um... Uh, uh, who is it? Accrington? Accrington at home. Accrington at home. There we go. Predictions for Accrington at home. Finn? Um, I'm going to say uh, it's going to be a difficult game. they got a few games in hand. Um, uh, they could probably go near top with uh, if they won all their games in hand. So I'm going to say uh, it be a difficult game, but we'll win 2-1 because we're usually good at home. Sam? I'll go for a one all. What is their away form like? I can see Accrington being inside good like, away. It's very, it's no. I I want to say the opposite. I want to say it's not as good as down form. I believe. Uh, I mean, ninth, I, I but they've been a few games. Um, I mean, their home let form is. At, let me have a look at their home form. Is again. Twenty points from ten. Their home form is twenty points from ten. Their away form is sixteen mm. points from ten. So it's slightly worse. Um, so, we're yeah. obviously disproportionately good at home. We are no longer top of the home league table because uh, some of the teams that we had games in hand of have caught up on. But yeah, I'd still favour us to win that one. And I think Accrington will probably run out of steam. Not sure if you remember back when we were last in League One, but Accrington were near the top of the table around Christmas. Mm-hmm. They were in the playoff hunt and dropped off and were nearly in the relegation scrap. But uh, what, they survived? They, they were, I think they survived a, a game or two before the end of the season, didn't they? They only mathematically secured it the day they beat us five one. Right, they they go. were they were virtually safe before then, but they only mathematically secured it that day. 
Billy Key's final ever game and final ever goal in pro football. Oh, don't talk goal. about that day, please. Yeah. Yeah. Let's not. Let's just move on very rapidly. So, <laughs> <laughs> lovely thing to end the podcast on. Um, right, this has been Green and White. Thanks so much for listening. We'll speak to you uh, next week. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye. days are great but there's nothing quite like playing at home the same goes for mcdonald's maximize your home ground advantage with mcdelivery order now on the mcdonald's app at participating restaurants 18 plus serving times delivery fee and terms apply see mcdonald's.com hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.